Hi there, I'm Janine, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Standing by to join me is T.R. Reed. We're going to talk about his book, A Fine Mess, A Global Quest for a Simpler, Fairer, and a More Efficient Tax System. In December 2017, President Trump signed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Despite the sweeping changes it has enacted, the new act still fails to fully address the issues that have plagued our tax code for decades. The act does little to reverse our nation's growing income inequality, and filing taxes remains an arduous and complicated task. We know we need a fairer, more efficient tax code, but what exactly does this look like? How do we achieve the necessary changes? Well, veteran correspondent and best-selling author T.R. Reed's A Fine Mess, A Global Quest for a Simpler, Fairer, and More Efficient Tax System, published by Penguin Books, is now available in paperback. Reed explores the unraveling of our nation's absurdly complex tax law. He travels the world in order to find out what makes for good taxation, if that's not an oxymoron, and brings that knowledge home. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show T.R. Reed. Hi. Hi, how are you? I'm exhausted. You know, I've been doing my own taxes, and uh. i got to get it done. But <laughs> I wrote a book on taxes, so I thought I should do my own. It drives me crazy. Maybe you should go to that other country you me- mentioned uh, where it only takes, what, 15 minutes? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I should do that, or we should do that. Yes. That's my argument. I find that really intriguing, actually, that um, the Dutch taxpayers need only 15 minutes on average. That's crazy. Yeah, Estonia says seven minutes, and um, in Britain and Japan it takes about two minutes because what happens in those countries is the government fills out the tax form for you, and if the numbers look right, you just check a box and you're done. In 2016, Americans spent over $6 billion and $12 billion filing taxes. That's insane. Yeah, it's nobody makes paying taxes as hard as the United States. And guess what, Janine? It doesn't have to be that way. We could do what those other countries do. So what happens in the Netherlands is the government, they know all the numbers. They know how much you earned. They know how much tax was withheld. They know what your mortgage interest was. So they fill in the tax form for you. They put the right number on the right line. And if it looks right, you check a box and you're done. And the striking thing for me when I wrote the book was I realized the IRS could do that for Americans, for about 75% of American families. The Internal Revenue Service already knows all the numbers. They could fill out the form for you and take five minutes to get done. Um, and this is introduced in Congress every year. Some members of Congress say, let's have the IRS fill out the form. Okay. And guess what? H&R Block lobbies against it. The mm. tax software companies lobby against it because why. <laughs> more complexity for us means more money for them. Yes, exactly. How do things change? I mean, this is a great book, but how do how do we get this to become reality? You know, uh, I wrote the book so that people could see it's it's more fun than I thought. I mean, there's a lot of entertaining stuff about taxes so that people could see that it doesn't have to be as hard and as complicated and as slanted as our tax code is, and then you talk to your representatives. You talk to people and say, we want to do this too. Um, The problem is, as I said, the lobbying. Some people are making good money out of the complexity of our tax code, and so they fight simplification. Mm -hmm. In Britain, I think this is interesting, Britain has an office of tax simplification in in the Revenue Department, 
And when they decide that something is too complicated, that office can change the form. They can make changes in the tax law to make it easier by by force. In America, the IRS has a taxpayer advocate. Her job is to make things simpler for American taxpayers. But all she can do is recommend stuff to Congress, and they never listen to her. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it, sad. Yeah. It, it's like a losing battle. I mean, it's I, I think the book's great, but it's so awful that we can't make these changes that other countries are doing. You know, I went to the taxpayer advocate in the IRS. She's a tough, feisty woman named Nina Olson. I really like her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was, a point in, I was at a point in my book when I needed an IRS instruction that's so complicated it's funny, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said to her, Nina, I need an instruction that's so complicated people will laugh when they read it. And she says to me, oh, there's so many of those. And so I'll tell you, here's the one I picked. Are you ready? Here's a standard IRS instruction. Okay. Go, ready? Yes. Go to part four of schedule one to figure line 52 if you have qualified dividends or a gain on lines 18A and 19 of column two of schedule D, form 1041, as refigured for the AMT if necessary. Oh, my gosh. That's what we go through doing our taxes and it doesn't have to be that way. That That's what really bugged me. So what can we do about it? We can see that it only takes two minutes for a Brit or a Japanese person to pay their, to file their tax return and demand that we get the same thing. I agree completely. I mean, it sounds like a bad, like, SAT question for a high schooler. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nutty. So um, we could do it better. Um, interestingly, last fall, when they were getting to started on writing the tax reform bill, the members of the House Ways and Means Committee, that's the tax writing committee in Congress, they had me come to Washington and tell them what I'd found when I went around the world. And those guys really know tax policy. I was impressed with them. And they said, yeah, you're right. It ought to be much simpler. And then look at the bill they passed, the 2017 Tax Reform Act. It makes things more complicated. Mm. It makes it harder. It makes no sense. Yeah, I, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, what 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 makes sense is every loophole and every exemption and every credit was put in there for to benefit some specific, specific taxpayer. Those businesses and rich people have lobbyists who go to Congress and say, "Give my client a break." And every time they do that, it makes the code more complicated, and they have to raise the rates to bring in the same amount of money. The right way to do it, and many countries have done this, is to eliminate all the exemptions and loopholes and giveaways. And then you can raise the same amount of money with much lower rates. And then you get two good things. Uh, A, the form is simpler, and B, when the rates are lower, compliance goes up. People are more inclined to pay if the tax rate is lower. So several countries in my book have done this, and we could do it too. We we haven't, but we could. No, it makes sense. You know, it's just uh, getting people to buy into this. I mean, and who benefits with all these tax codes anyway? Yeah, exactly. Well, so when the code is complicated and when, you know, Congress makes about 400 changes a year to the tax law and the beneficiaries are people whose lobbyists have made contributions to members of Congress mm-hmm. and they come in and say, give me a break. I mean, the the tax code is it, it's 
nutty all the things we give tax breaks for. I list some of them in my book. Let's see, we give a tax break if you go to night school, if you plant sugarcane, if you replant a forest, if you destroy old farm equipment, get this, if you buy a $138,000 BMW hybrid car made in Germany, we give that guy a $7,500 tax credit for buying that foreign car. I think that one's absolutely nutty. It is but nutty. In the Tax Reform Act last year, that survived. They kept it in there. That's so random. I mean, it's like saying whoever's wearing a blue sh- a blue sock and a pair of you know mismatched sneakers. I just it's just random. Yeah, they're they're random. They they don't make a lot of sense. The only reason the only person they make sense for is the guy who's going to benefit, and he has sent in his lobbyists to work on Congress and. Congress listens to those people. And one of the points of my book is it could be simpler. It could be fairer. And if people take a look at my book and go to members of Congress and say, well, how come the Netherlands can do this? How come Britain can do it? We should do it, too. I think Congress will listen if people demand change. And, of course, this weekend when people are struggling with instructions like the one I ran into Mm -hmm. uh, is the time for people to make that complaint. No, I think it's perfect timing, you know, and I think if more people raise the issue, what are some other things you would like people to take away from this book? A a key point is throughout history, countries have said, and the United States has said, that the richer you are, the higher the rate of tax you ought to pay. That is, rich people get a lot of benefits from government. Um, Everybody has to pay for roads, schools, parks, and armies. That's part of living in the country. But rich people get a lot of more benefits from government, and therefore, people have always, countries have always asked them to pay more. What's going on in the United States now is, to some degree, we have progressive taxation so that rich people pay more. But one class of people, that is investment bankers and hedge funders, um, get a special low rate. So this is why, I don't know if you've seen this bumper sticker, Warren Bumper, Warren Buffett, paid a lower tax rate than his secretary. I haven't seen that. It's true. Warren Buffett says it's true, and it's because he gets this special rate that's only for hedge fund investors. Mm. To me, that one's nutty. If somebody's making a million dollars a year trading currencies, fine, I'm all for them, but let them pay a fair rate of tax. Tell me about what led you to write this book. I mean, was it just irking you for so long, and you just said, I got to do something about this? So I was a foreign correspondent. I worked for the Washington Post and NPR Mm -hmm. around the world. And there are a lot of different ways you can be foreign correspondent. Some people do kind of strange foreigner stories, you know, like they eat squid for breakfast. (laughs) I never liked that stuff. I thought the job was see what these countries are doing right, see what these countries are doing wrong, Mm -hmm. and see what we can learn from them on policy. So I wrote a book, uh, The Healing of America, about how all the other rich countries managed to provide health care for everybody at half our cost. And uh, that book was pretty successful. So we then decided, well, our tax code is messed up. It's unfair. It's incredibly uh, uh, complicated. Yes. Uh, It's inefficient. And other countries have done a better job. They've designed fairer and simpler tax codes. So That's why I did it. I went around the world to take a look, and uh, as I said, I found a lot of good ideas, and 
but what really struck me, though, was that other countries have decided to make paying taxes simple. And when you do that, you collect more because people are more willing to pay. Um, Makes sense. Other countries have done what our Congress seems incapable of doing. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Where can people find uh, more about you? About me? Yes. Uh, I have a website, trreid.net, T-R-R-E-I-D.net. It tells you about me. It tells you about my books. I was a foreign correspondent, and I've written several books about what we could learn from other countries. You know, there is a mindset. We're number one in everything, and it's true. We're the richest, strongest, most powerful, most innovative country in the world. And therefore, I quite often get people people say to me, I have nothing to learn from Germany. We have nothing to learn from Japan. But as a matter of fact, in many areas of life, in terms of crime statistics, health care, and, you know, simplifying tax codes, we could learn a lot of valuable lessons from other countries. And why not? Yes. So how would you suggest people take some initiative and, you know, go after, use the advice you're proclaiming in the book? Well, uh, members of Congress, uh, listen, senators and uh, members of, and uh, representatives do listen if they hear from their constituents. So take a little time. All you have to do is send an email. You can send a letter. You can go to a town hall. You can write a letter to the editor of your newspaper and say, hey, how come in, in uh, the Netherlands it only takes 15 minutes to pay tax? How come other countries have much lower tax rates but bring in just as much money? Yes. How come other countries don't have all these giveaways for rich people? And, you know, it, members of Congress will listen if they hear this. Yeah. Um, they also hear from the lobbyists, but the voters actually on election day have much more clout than the lobbyists do. So that's how they should. And, you know, uh, this is shameless of me to say, but reading my book will help them to see what kind of changes we ought to make. Fantastic. T.R. Reed, thank you so much for calling into the show. Great to be on your air. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Take care. If you missed any part of our conversation, it is up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you want to follow the show, I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock.